Welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. I'm your host, Harry Marks. This is episode number 272, Doing More with Less. If you like the show, please support us on Patreon, where you'll have early access to each episode, bonus content, the opportunity to listen along live every week, and lots more. That's at patreon.com slash homeworkpodcast. You can also join our Discord, where you can chat with like-minded homeworkers and more. You'll find a link in the show notes. Additionally, you can reach us by email at heyhomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. We read and respond to every one. Now, let's get started. Hello, Dave. Hey, Harry. How are you? Well, I just I just sharpened up a Blackwing Natural. Very nice. Because I like to take notes during the show. One of my but, favorites. Oh, I feel like I've got a brick in my stomach because I had a new dinner tonight. What did you have? I found this recipe for something called an herbed egg, which I'd never seen before, and I thought it looked really good. It boils that sounds down to unappealing. This... <laughs> oh, oh, it, it, it tasted great. You get a a ramekin, you know, like the small oven safe yeah. little circular whatever dish. Yeah, we use them for ice cream. Yeah, there you go. That's probably better than what I use it for. So inside goes a little bit of butter, some heavy cream, and you put it under the broiler till it boils, right? Not boils, bubbles. Then you toss in all these, like an egg, um, all these herbs and little Parmesan, and you put it back and bake it just till the white sort of like cooks up and you have a little toast. Oh, man, it was so good. But now, oh, it's like a brick. Yeah. Just a dairy brick sitting there lovely oh i had hello fresh this evening so and not, um well that's good i i had hello fresh we we do the three meals a week and i had uh turkey burgers mm. they were frank's red hot turkey burgers and they were very good they're not sponsoring this week but i just thought i'd say that yeah they they make very nice meals they do they have been a sponsor in the past so disclaimer but uh no we we kept subscribing because we really liked you know just not having to do all of that shopping um yeah and and you know there's less waste and everything so it's it's easier for us so there you go there's your funny. when i was a young man many many years ago uh in pennsylvania this is like the 70s the grocery store would drive the groceries to my aunt's house and here we are today doing that again skatino's grocery store in scranton pennsylvania way ahead of the curve 50 years ahead of the curve very nice well, I saw you post that picture of you back in the seventies with your your polyester red and red checkered suit and long hair. Yeah, I think that image should go with the posting for this episode over I on think so the too. site. I'll send it to you. That's great. Yeah, I think that should also be your new profile picture everywhere. It's going to be because I like it so much. Harry, what are we talking about today? We're talking about doing more with less, uh, but before Ooh. we do, let's talk about our tools of the week. Do you want to go first? I absolutely do. So this tool I found out of necessity last week. I had recorded the weekly review video. So every week, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern, I do a weekly review uh, live in Discord for patrons. And um, I had a very good time doing it as usual. I used Ecom to which basically turns my phone into an external camera just because it has oh, a much cam? better yeah i don't know how to say it uh <laughs> well i say ecom ecom is a very different application epic cam. <laughs> because it just has a better camera than my old macbook and just looks nicer oh, plus yeah. i can for documents and stuff so i did that now there's the wacky thing is i push it to discord via obs now obs flips it backwards 
So I have to tell OBS to flip everything the other way so that it looks backwards for me, but then it is appears correct in Discord. Does right, that make sort sense? of like you're holding it up to a window to someone on the outside. Right, exactly. So I did that, and I was looking in Discord, and everything looked the way it should. And But what I didn't, didn't dawn on me until I had already finished the 30-minute <laughs> video is that uh, OBS is doing the recording, so OBS recorded it as a mirror image. So everything was backwards. Oh, and I said, oh, I really don't want to do this again. <laughs> so I looked around very quickly for something that will let me convert files. It also saved, I made a mistake and didn't save it as the typical file format that I usually do. So it was some weird, anyway, it was a whole issue. So after a little bit of searching, I found something called Permute from Charlie Monroe. Yes, who did Downey, I believe. I believe he did. Well, this thing worked so well that I was just astounded. So this lets you convert like videos, but also audio and images files to all kinds of different formats. And very quickly and easily, you can get a free trial. It requires a Mac OS 10.12. You can buy the whole thing for $15. And I know, Harry, it's also on uh, Setup, which you like very, very much. Yep. So Yeah, it, so is Downey, too. So highly recommend. Yeah. It could not have been easier. All I had it just is a big window. You drag and drop what you want to convert. There's a little drop down that says, what would you like the results to be? You just select it from the drop down, hit go, and it's done. That's so it great. flipped it over for me. It turned it into the file format I wanted. And I was it was done in less than two minutes. And I That's was awesome. just elated because at the beginning, I didn't know what I was going to do. And Permute absolutely saved me. So if you have set up, go and look for it. If you don't, you can go to software.charliemonroe.net and you will find it there. Uh, free trial and 15 bucks for the whole kit and caboodle. Excellent. Uh, my tool of the week is um, a little more expensive. Uh, <laughs> so I listen to a lot of um, podcasts around automation and and like my Mac power users, automators, mostly the stuff hosted by uh, David Sparks and um, Rosemary Orchard as well, nested folders. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one thing I, that kept coming up that they kept recommending was the Stream Deck by Elgato. And what the Stream Deck is, is it's a uh, little box that sits on your desk with a bunch of buttons that have um, little LCDs underneath. And you can program those to do different tasks depending on what context you're in. So for example, let's say I have a, a context. So this thing has 15 buttons on, on it. So let's say I have a Zoom context. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I'm in a Zoom call, it'll I can put it into that context and I'll get all the controls I need for Zoom, like share screen, mute, unmute, share camera, or, or turn on camera, turn off camera. So when I, instead of having to navigate through the interface um, in Zoom to do those actions, I can just push the button and do it. So hmm. I have like a default home screen. So for example, I have a homework button and when I push it, it activates uh, Audio Hijack, Craft, and Discord all in one fell swoop. And oh, so that's very nice. It's pretty slick. And there's a there's a mobile version for your phone. And I think it's like two bucks a month or three bucks a month. So if you wanted to uh, try it out and see if it would work for you, you can sort of run a stream deck off of your phone. The um, the app for the Mac is what you use to configure what appears on the, the buttons themselves on the physical buttons. So okay. for example, I have um, I have a Pomodoro timer, so I push that button and I get a 25 minute timer that counts down in the button window. There's actually a D&D &D dice 
integration so you can roll oh. dice right from the stream deck what i'm trying to find out is can i hook it up to dnd beyond and just program like initiative strength stealthness like all of that stuff and then just push the stream deck <laughs> button and do it when we do dnd on tuesday so that's my next project but um well that's I'm, fantastic i'm really liking it um i'm still trying to figure out ways to do more with it. So I know, for example, you can program um, keyboard maestro uh, scripts or, or keyboard maestro key con combinations, and you can do them with one button. Um, there's a lot of cool things you can do, uh, but I, I've, I'm really digging it. And if you're into automation and you're into sort of simplifying, if you're a streamer, I mean, this this is really why these things were made. You can build a soundboard. Um, you can build uh, an OBS board. So like each button will change to a different scene or, or a different nice. input. Yeah. So if you're a streamer, I mean, that's really why these things were made in the first place and, and everyone else has just sort of been hacking them to do all sorts of kinds of things. So mm -hmm. yeah, I highly recommend the Elgato Stream Deck. And where do we find that? Elgato.com? Uh, I, yeah, Elgato.com, Best Buy sells them. Um, the usual big brick, the, the, the big store that I don't like to talk about, they sell them. Um, they're about 150 mm -hmm. bucks. So Nice. Go and check it out. That sounds like a, a lot of fun to play with, actually. It is. Yeah. I haven't been doing a lot of playing with it yet. I'm trying to, I, I, I'm in the, the Reddit groups for the stream deck. Um, okay. there's a, a Reddit forum where they, um, they share, you know, things they've done and integrations they've made and little apps they've run. You know, you can build wallpapers that sort of change. So each button, it, they almost look like little TV screens that just sort of all move together and do something in, in sequence and things. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. Fun. Yeah. Go and check that out. Harry, let's move over to this week's topic. Now, you suggested this one, so I'll let you intro it. Yeah, so uh, this this came to me because recently I have made some changes to my workflow, as I always do. Um, and so one thing I've always wanted to do is uh, sort of consolidate the, the apps I use to get my work done. For example, I use Ulysses. <clears throat> I used to use Ulysses for writing um, cabinet stories for the podcast. Uh, the other podcast I read for, um, to, for writing the scripts for my uh, fiction podcast, for writing blog posts, and then I would use an app like Drafts to store one-off notes or ideas or you know all sorts of little little things that I would sort of go back to here and there. But Drafts is so much more capable and has so many more actions to, that you can do with it and export it all different ways. You can make emails in it. You can do um, you can you can write blog posts in it. So what I've done because they just released a new update where they have allowed new kinds of syntaxes to be installed or created, new themes, and uh, there's integration with Brett Terpstra's Marked Two app, which will shows you a live preview of your no, your draft on the other side. So so as you update it in Markdown, it'll show you the HTML rendered version of it as it would look elsewhere. So Ooh. so what I did was I I was performing an experiment. I was writing a cabinet of curiosity story in drafts. Uh, the only reason I hadn't done it before is because when I tried exporting from drafts or really copying and pasting into the the final template that Aaron uses for the show, it was it was never pasting correctly. It would always like uh, get rid of all the line breaks and it was like one big long paragraph and it was it was a nightmare the fonts never matched and so with marked integration now I can copy from the marked version into the document template in pages and it renders perfectly and so then I realized oh well now I don't have to use Ulysses anymore I can use drafts to write these cabinet stories and I can use drafts to write my blog posts and all I do <clears throat> is I create a workspace for each 
context I'm in. So there's a cabinet mm -hmm. context. Uh, there's one for the study, my blog. So all the blog posts go in there. And as they get tagged, they automatically get filed into those workspaces. So then what's in my inbox, what's in my, my untagged uh, notes are the things that I don't know where to put yet or things that I need to keep track of later um, that I can always see when I go into drafts. So by doing that, I don't need to use Ulysses anymore. And because of this, I was actually going back into setup and wondering, do I really need to subscribe to setup any anymore? And it turns out mm. I do because there's other stuff in there I really want to use, like Downy and uh, Clean My Mac X and, and all sorts of things. So, yeah, that's where all of this started. So it got me thinking, you know, what more What more can I do with less? And this is sort of a topic I wish we had uh, Patrick Roan here for again because this is like right up his alley. I know. Uh, so, you know, that's that's one way we I, I found a way to simplify the apps I use. The other things, you know, last week I talked about TickTick. Uh, which is the the note-taking app, and I wrote about it on the blog. Um, I reviewed it, and then I ended up going back to Things because I like the way Things works. And I was listening to an uh, episode of Connected on, on Relay FM, and, and Stephen Hackett, one of the co-hosts, was talking about how he uses Things to track ideas for content posts, like videos or podcast episodes or blog posts. He just files them into Things uh, without a due date, and he creates a separate area for them they call them areas but they're basically you know tag groups or, or context um and i started doing the same thing what i actually did was i went into shortcuts and i built a shortcut that when i'm in the reader app r-e-e-d-e-r -E -E uh as i'm reading and there's something i want to save for a blog post later i created a shortcut that will add it to the study area in things and tag it accordingly the title of the the to-do is the title of the article, and in the notes field is the URL for it. So then it's saved in oh. things, and I can get to it later. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, the these are ways that now I don't have to use an app like Instapaper or Pocket where I want to read something later on. I don't necessarily want to use it as a save, um, you know, as, as an idea repository. That's really where I want to go if I'm, you know, I've got 10 minutes to spare and I want to read through an article or, you know, something I just want to read later. Um, you know, this is a way because... The blog post or the podcast episodes, these are generally ideas. These are tasks to do, things I need to do. I need to write the story. So it makes sense to put them in a in the area where I keep all of my other tasks. So there you go. Very, very nice. And that allowed you to um, do what you need to do with less stuff, which I very much like. Yeah, so I <clears throat> I still have TickTick on my system, but I don't. I'm not really actively using it. I was using them in tandem for a while, for, for about a week, just to see, you know, which one I would gravitate more towards. And I still, because Things is such a, a native app, and it's it's really just a, a beautiful app and a fun app to use, and it's it's got the um, the built-in shortcut support, and, and it's just, it it's a true Mac or iOS app, depending on what platform you're on. I, that's the one I wanted to use more. Uh, and so I still like TickTick, and it's a really cool app. And I, I highly recommend it for someone who doesn't want to, you know, buy into the Things ecosystem or, you know, they really need an app that does a whole lot more, like, you know, the Pomodoro timer and the, the focus tracking and all of that. That's great, and I highly recommend it. But Things just worked better for my workflow. Very, very nice. Another thing on the list that I want to talk about here is uh, Hey Email. I love the Hey Email. Um, I'm still <laughs> in my first year of use. And um, while we're talking about simplifying and doing more with less, before uh, Hey existed, really, I was using SaneBox. I'm I still sure am, a lot yeah. of you. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of you still are. And it is very, very, very nice. But for me, um, and they're headquartered here in Boston, which makes me very happy. Oh, no. um, but for me, uh, Hey has replaced it because of a, a couple features that it's doing, specifically the 
amazing, amazing filtering. So if you're not familiar with Samebox, it's um, an email management software um, that lets you filter messages that you deem important and unimportant for later processing. And the more you use it, the better it gets at that job. And it's very, very good at the job. And um, it will even hide away messages that you don't want to see at all into what it calls the black hole, which I, it's <laughs> just fun thinking of it going off into space. So that's really, really nice. And it sort of, you know, works in the background, but Hey, does a lot of the same thing. Um, that will automatically, you get the inbox, um, you get the feed, which is where you can put, um, like marketing emails, I guess is what I use it for. It's newsletters and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the paper trails for like receipts. And you can also see all the files you have just in a, a look, uh, a glance real quick. And it's, you can also tell, Hey, I don't ever want to see an email from the sender. And it does all of those things so very well that I just stopped using Sanebox uh, entirely. Um, so that's, that was one one big change I made. Another interesting thing about using Hey, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but all of like the newsletters and the marketing materials and the stuff from people who want me to buy or do something go to this category that the folks at Hey call the feed. And you have to, um, it's separate from your inbox. You have to click on the feed purposely to look at those messages. I never do. Like, I never see those emails anymore. I, I don't check them that often. Um, what what I end up doing with a lot of the, so the the problem I I have, I actually I love hay. Just first and foremost, I love hay. And I in the in the spirit of doing more with less, I've moved. I want to say about eighty five percent of my email over to hay. I've switched all of my accounts over to hay. Um, I really like it that much, and I I only want to use one email address wherever possible. So almost mm -hmm. nothing comes to my old iCloud address. There's a few things that still go to my Gmail, and I'm tr still trying to move those over. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I use Hey for almost everything. Um, but for the newsletter specifically, uh, what I ended up doing was I use I subscribe to Feedbin for the RSS reader, and what it allows you to do is you can it gives you an email address that you can sign up for newsletters with, and when the newsletter comes in, it imports it in just as another item in your RSS feed, and so I don't have to see them in my email anymore. Hmm, that's very very nice. I, I do feel kind of badly because I know there are marketers who work hard at getting me to see their messages, and I just don't. One thing I wish Hey had that it doesn't is a way to do select all delete. So you have to you yeah. can batch if you want to do it. But I mean, at this point, there I would imagine there are thousands of messages in my um, the feed group, and there's no way for me to just say delete them all at once. And it will take me an inordinate amount of time to sit here and click these one at a time and delete them. So I'm hoping that that's something that's coming in the future. Yeah, I, I also hope they um, they change the gestures as well. Because in a lot of my email apps, or in a lot of my apps, period, when I swipe either to the left or to the right, usually that means delete. Get it, get it out of my site. But in Hey, it means it's either read or unread. And it's kind of frustrating because I always forget that. Hmm. Yeah, especially from, um, oh boy, what was the email program? The logo was a little paper airplane. Airmail? Is that from, is that what it is? I think it's from Riatto, right? Well, no, Spark is the, the one from Riatto. Spark. Yeah, Riatto. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, yes, I loved Spark, and mostly because there were so many swipe options. Um, you, there was like a, a 
a short swipe and a long swipe um, for both left and right. And you mm -hmm. could make them be whatever you wanted. It was really, really, really nice. I, I, I kind of miss Spark. I really liked it. I still, I still use it because I, I still need access to, you know, like Homework has a Gmail account. I still have a Gmail account. The Shelf Life has one. Um, you know, I, there's still stuff I need to get into, you know, from other email addresses. So I use Spark. And what's great about Spark is there's integration with other apps. And so you can build your calendar into Spark. You can build mm -hmm. your to-do list into Spark. It has all these different features in there. So you can really use it as a one-stop shop, a, a hub for all of your material. And it's, you know, it's the way I use um you know, Fantastical because I can import, oh, I can't import things into it, but if I put anything in reminders or Todoist, I can import that into to, uh, Fantastical and see my to-dos right next to my calendar items. Um, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I've been really trying to do is, is they say, you know, it's sort of like when you used to buy the DVD player slash TV combo and the DVD player would break because, you know, you really didn't <laughs> buy two great t technologies. You bought two mediocre technologies put together. And so it was only a matter yeah. of time before one of them broke. Um, that's sort of what you you feel like when you do these things. Like, you know, Tic Tic, for example, you got a Pomodoro timer, you've got a to-do list, you've got a calendar, you've got uh, the focus stuff, you've got background noise, you've got all these different things in there. And it's like, does it do any of them particularly well? And the answer is, mm. yeah, for a little bit. It, it does, you know, it does a Pomodoro timer. I don't know what you really need in a Pomodoro timer, but it gives you, you know, a customizable amount of time and, you know, intervals and things, um, you know, attracts your to-dos. And so for the most part, yeah, you you get the kinds of things that you need. And, and Spark, for example, does a lot of that stuff really, really well. And if you need one place where you get your calendar and your email and your, your tasks and all that, then Spark or Outlook, for example, you know, those are those are great options. Outlook is very, very nice. Outlook on iOS has gotten very good. And yep, it's really worth looking for, even if you don't use it for work email. If you're just looking for mm -hmm. a place to get your, your Gmail and your Yahoo and whatever it is, Outlook is fantastic. And I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, uh, I use it for work, and there was a time where I was having my Mac and e Gmail come to it too, just because I, I liked it so much on iOS. I mean, yeah, and the the one on Mac, I noticed. I, I can't remember if it does it on the Windows version, but on the Mac version, when someone says something in an email like "It would be great to catch up with you later this week" or something, it'll highlight it, and then when you click it, it will offer you times where, if you're on the same Exchange server, where both of you are available, which is really Ooh, cool. That's very nice. Yeah, so then you can just type in, you can create the meeting request right there in the email and then move on with your day. There's a nice example of simplification. Exactly. Um, you know, one, one thing I've been using lately is um, Evernote. And this is another thing where this is more about keeping work and life separated. So I use Evernote yeah. strictly for work purposes. I take notes and me meetings in it. Um, you know, anything I need to save for work goes into Evernote because if I put it in drafts, I don't want it mixing and mingling with the rest of my personal stuff. So Right, you like when you're at the supermarket and the other person's groceries are on the conveyor belt, you put that little piece of plastic down. Yep. Because I don't want your groceries fraternizing with mine. Yeah, I always it was so it's so it's always funny when I'm at the grocery store or when I used to go to the grocery store or Target or something, and all I'm buying is like a pack of gum and I put it on the conveyor belt, and someone behind me has you know a cart full of groceries and they put the little plastic thing down. Like it's all right, they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna realize that the the gum is with your stuff. Don't worry. It's so <laughs> funny. People are so petty. No oh, people. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that separation is, is important. So that's one area where I don't mind keeping my application separate. It's sort of like, you know, if you are, if, if you don't use the work-life balance system for your to-do lists and your notebooks and you use two notebooks for things, I think that's okay. I think it gets a little unwieldy when you start saying, well, I need a notebook for my fiction writing and I need a notebook for my to-do list and I need a notebook for my dream journal. And I need a notebook for that. It's like, no, you, you really don't need four different notebooks going at any given time. Yeah. That's true. But a part of this is just, and I, I get this, people who enjoy having and buying and using notebooks. So it's just, you want a new thing that you like, which yeah. is a new notebook, but you you don't need it. And I, I talked about this in last week's uh, weekly review video, um, talking about capturing in during the day. So you want as many inboxes as you need, but no more than you need. So for me, typically that's uh, a notebook, mm-hmm. um, email, uh, sometimes uh, text, and usually conversations with people. That's great. But then you can have like index cards on your desk, and then you have a little app that you like to put in. You have two different apps you like to put it in, and that makes processing at the end of the day or the end of the week such a hassle. Because now you have to look in three, four, five, six places to make sure you've got everything that you captured during the week. So... I try to keep it down to three at the most if I can, like email, texting, and um, maybe conversations with people. And I'll throw all that in my notebook. Um, So everything lives in there. So I only have to look at the one spot um, when I'm doing my processing at the end of the day. So it's another good way to simplify. Have as many inboxes as you need to capture everything, but Mm -hmm. no more than you need. Right. And so if you're using an app like Things or um, I I can't remember if Todoist does this, but I know OmniFocus does it, Things and um, TickTick do it. They give you an email address where you can send emails to as tasks. And so or I believe you can you can like not just forward things on that you get from other people, but you can create emails and send them to your your to-do list via this email address. And so I do that a lot. I'll forward an email from work. I'll forward an email from, you know, someone I get personally that I need to act on. And I send it to that email address and it pops up in my list. And that's one less inbox I have to worry about, my email. I It's mm-hmm. now in my to-do list. And then like you said, I have a, a notebook that I use if I'm on the if I'm you know out and about and I don't want to pull out my phone or I just you know it's easier for me to grab a pen and a piece of paper. It goes in the notebook and then you know like you've been doing the weekly reviews. It's important to set that time to to go through these inboxes and really collate and and condense and consolidate where you know everything from your four or five inboxes down into one place where you you know you're going to find it. Yeah, and that's important to me is I want to have everything in the trusted system. That way my mind isn't nagging me that I need to do this thing because my mind knows it's in a place where I'm going to find it later. Right. And so, and you know, like for passwords and things, um, this is actually one area where I've been doing a lot of consolidation. I use one password to manage all of my passwords. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I really love about one password is if you reuse a password on websites and it's stored in one password, it will tell you this has been reused X number of times. And so right now, one of my passwords that I, I used to use all the time, I think it's still on 17 websites. It used to be 72. And I can, I really knocked that down because I was <laughs> using one passwords built 
built-in generator to create unique passwords for each of those websites. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now, because if I was at work and I was trying to access something on my work computer and, you know, I would have to go to my phone and copy this long, complicated password with capitals and lowercases and numbers and symbols, you know, that's kind of a, a headache. But because I'm on my computer at home, one password is built in and I can just use the built-in uh, autofiller to put it in. I don't have to worry about it. So I don't mind having a unique, a unique password for all of these things because they're all saved in one place and they're all unique. So, you know, if one website gets breached and hacked and my stuff ends up there, I don't have to change my password on 47 different websites now. I only have to change it on one. Yeah, I think password managers are sort of the ultimate answer here as far as simplifying yeah. things down. And um, one password is amazing. I use Remember. Um, yep. Just pick the one you like and use it. That's probably the, if that's the one takeaway you get, uh, I'm happy. And don't just use it to, to store the passwords, but use it as a way to see what you have outstanding. You know, like, wh what are you, where are you signed up for places, and do you still need that account? Because that was the other thing I was doing. I was consolidating all of my accounts down um, that I really wasn't using, like, you know, old websites that I haven't touched in three or four years. I don't need that account floating around. That's one more, um, that's one more potential area of insecurity or danger that I don't want out there, so I shut it down. Um, you know, like Robinhood, for example, where I work, I'm technically not allowed to use Robinhood anyway, the investing app, um, because it's, it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's, it's fraudulent. I, I don't know. So I closed my account. I'm still getting the emails for some reason. I don't know why, but I closed my account at Robinhood. <laughs> um, you know, so I, and the reason I was able to get back in there is because one password reminded me, oh, you have this account at Robinhood. You should go in, you know, it doesn't tell you that, but like I saw it and I was like, oh, I should go in there and change that. Um, right. And so I've been, I've been going letter by letter in my, in one password, just going through and, go, and asking myself, do I still need this account? And the answer yeah. usually is no, I really don't. And it's the same thing with my Mac. I, I open up clean my Mac and I look at the installed apps and I just go through and like, do I need this? And then no. And then clean my Mac removes it. Yeah. This episode of Homework is brought to you by Robin Hood. Yeah, no, it's not. Just kidding. That was a joke. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun to hear Harry squirm for a second. Um, there was know, a the, time where people... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You go, you go. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I remember back when our friend Patrick Roan and David Sparks were on this kick of just using text files for things because they were trying to future-proof um, you know, we've all, not all, but many of us have had the misfortune of going all in on a product or service, an app or service that, you know, goes out of business. And now you're sort of upset mm -hmm. and sad. So they were doing that for quite a while. I don't know if they still are, but I mean, talk about simplifying. If everything you have is just a plain old fashioned text file, you're very simple and you're pretty much ensuring that whatever computer you have five or 10 years from now will be able to read it. Right. And I know Joe Bulig, who we had on the show, he was a, mm -hmm. he had been beta testing, um, uh, notational velocity or, uh, NV ultra. That's what it was. Um, he was testing the new version of notational velocity. I, I think it's NV ultra. Um, but you know, I, I went to go download the old one because I, I sort of missed using it and I can't even get it anymore. Um, so, but you know, that used markdown files to store all of your notes and then you just search for them in the app. And it was a little, it was a little thing that sort of sat in the corner of your screen and you used it whenever you needed to. It never got in the way or anything. And I, I love that idea. And that's sort of why I want to, the way I want to use drafts, uh, as a, as a notational velocity, um, uh, replacement basically. It's funny. Jackie over in the discord chat says that her thesis is in WordPerfect five. Oh my God. Um, I haven't, for I, me, I remember WordPerfect. 
back in the day, um, I had a, a Mac PowerBook 150, and I ran Excel 3 on it. And let me tell you, in my opinion, Excel 3 is the best version of Excel ever made. It was so simple and fast and light and efficient. I loved it. I wish I could go back in time and use Excel 3 again. That and FileMaker 3 were also amazing. Yeah, file. I, I hear everyone talk nostalgically about FileMaker. I, what would what version of Word was it that was everyone's favorite? It was like Word Seven, I think. Um, I think so. And you, I you know, loved FileMaker back in the day. Oh my goodness! There was an app my my parents were using to manage their store because they were they were using it to manage the the student. Um, they ran a music studio and they were using it to manage the student sheets of like their registration information. And it was called oh, Bento. Sure. Um, and oh it was, yeah, I remember Bento. That was made by the people who did FileMaker. FileMaker, right? Yeah, and it was a great little app for the Mac. Um, it was like fifty bucks, and it it basically got you to you you created these little databases. These it was sort of mm -hmm. like Notion before Notion, and um, it was wonderful. And then yeah, they discontinued it, but like the that was a great little app. I missed that. They did. I loved Bento too. I'm very sad it, it didn't work out the way they wanted. I don't know if Apple still owns FileMaker, do they? I don't know. I believe they do. Oh, yeah, I loved FileMaker 3. Oh, my gosh. I used to build the most elaborate things with that. It was just <laughs> so much fun. Uh, Notion kind of scratches that itch. I mean, it's kind of a relational database, but nowhere on yeah, it's, that uh, level. Airtable, I think, fills more of that gap. Um, yep. Than, mm -hmm. than Notion does, but yeah, it's I, there. These apps are these services are now a dime a dozen. But I, I just the way Bento did it because it was such a Mac app. It, there really mm -hmm. was nothing like it. it. It's also um, what was the note taking app that looked like notebook paper? It was um, it was I think it was just called Notebook. Um, and it was by a, a silly sounding app developer's name. Um, but uh, that one too, I remember like when I first got my Mac, my, my first PowerBook G4, um, I had that and it was such a cool little app. I used it when I was uh, taking notes in college. Oh, this trip <laughs> down memory lane. Um, you know, one, one area where, you know, a lot of we've been consolidating at work is communication. And so when I got there, it was a, essentially a free for all. It was like, you have Skype, you have Zoom, you have Teams, you have uh webex you have there were like four or five different things you could use and everyone was using something different and so i when i came in and because i'm the manager i was like here's what we're using we're using teams um it's good enough everyone <laughs> has it it's built into all of our stuff already this is what we're using to communicate and they were like okay great and that, I, that was really like they were just looking for someone to, to lay down the law and and put in some direction because everyone was using something different and i think you know wherever you are if you're a freelancer um, if you are a working with a small team, you know, maybe you can get away with Slack. Um, if you're a freelancer, mm -hmm. maybe you want everybody. I know, uh, David Sparks was using, and I've used it too. Basecamp. you know, you're managing your projects for people in different, uh, yes. base camps. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Back in the day, man, I was crazy for Basecamp. Yeah. Uh, Basecamp's terrific. I like it a lot. And now there's, there's a free plan that, uh, is really good and, and really, um, you know, well featured and full featured, and and so you can get a real sense of the application without having to uh, spend like a thousand dollars a year on it. Um, and so you know, maybe that'll work for you. But really, getting your communication down to one avenue as opposed to, well, this guy communicates via email, and this one texts me sometimes, and this one's in Slack, and this one's in Discord. Like it's it's a lot. Um, you know, so that 
really try and, and narrow down how you want people to communicate with you. Uh, and I, I personally like Basecamp a lot. I think that's a great way to go. What was the predecessor app? Do you remember? To Basecamp? Oh, my. Yes. I'm going to try to remember God, right no. now. This is back when they were making FTP um, transmit. Oh, boy. I'm never going to remember. But it was like knowing Basecamp now, you can see how um, this was like Basecamp light. Okay. Oh, I should even stop trying to look. I mean, they, they do great work. They're the same makers of Hay. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to remember. But anyway, you can make lists and you can drag and drop and move things around. And oh boy, it was great. I just loved it so much. Yeah. Oh, that's gone now. And I think the, the, the last thing we should probably talk about is time because there's not a lot of it. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important to, you know, if you don't have a lot of time, for example, my mornings are not as open as I would like them to be, but pretty open compared to the rest of the day because the place I work is mostly West Coast based. And so uh, people aren't awake yet until like noon my time <clears throat> yeah. or they're not online until noon my time. So uh, the mornings are a little open. And so, um, you know, what we have what I've done is use those mornings to do things like uh, catch up on email, do the actual work that I need to do when I'm not because I'm not in a meeting all day the way I am, you know, from like noon until 630, um, mm -hmm. you know, blocking out that time to get that work done. And then also doing some of my extracurricular stuff, some different writing things. And then one thing we've been really working on is Zoom fatigue and maybe making Fridays no Zoom day. And so if you need to jump on a call real quick, that's fine. But no one gets on the camera. Uh, try not to schedule meetings on Fridays if you can help it. For the most part, I've blocked off my Fridays. So it's it's sort of like a like a not a day off, but really like a free day for me to just catch up on things. And, you know, I'm not trapped for one hour zooms at a time. Um, I think it's important to, to set the, that time, set those boundaries, uh, because like I said, there isn't a lot of time. And if you're spending it in zoom or on Microsoft teams, you know, with no agenda and just sort of running in circles, then you're not getting anything done and you're just wasting your day. Yeah. I used to keep my Wednesdays sacred where I would not schedule meetings or anything. That would be the day that I sit at my desk and do all the administrative stuff and get caught on paperwork and, catch up on emails and i really held that day as like super sacred i, I would not accept the meeting on a wednesday oh, i can't could, could we do any other day <laughs> and i really helped i clung to that yeah you have to because they'll, they'll walk all over you and unfortunately i've had no choice but to give up some of my fridays um because we're working with vendors who can't accommodate any other day um and when you get enough people on in a meeting, like six or seven people, then it turns into a, a mad dash to just find whatever free time they have available because everyone's <laughs> overbooked. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, you, you do what you have to do. True. It's true. Harry, so. we're coming up to the hour mark. Do we have anything to add at the end? I think not. I think, I think we've, we've covered this. I think it, it's my, my final thought here, uh, as Jerry Springer would say is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, really <clears throat> evaluate what you're using, you know, where you're keeping things, where you're storing things, how many accounts you have floating around, really conduct a personal audit. And if there's any way to consolidate, like I did with eliminating Ulysses and moving into drafts full time, um, you know, getting out of 47 different to do apps and moving into things or getting out of all of those email, if you don't need you know, if you have four or five different email addresses because you had an iCloud address and a Gmail address and a Yahoo address, 
maybe you can get rid of some of those. You know, whatever you mm -hmm. were in before, migrate those over to your newer accounts and then get rid of the old stuff. You know, really consolidate down. Um, because yep. it's, you know, the more you have floating out there, the more of a hazard it is to your digital health. Uh, if something gets hacked, if something gets um, broken into, breached, whatever it is, you know, that stuff's floating out there now. And then they have a piece of your data that who, who knows what they can do with. So really go in, conduct a personal audit and consolidate as much as you can. True. Uh, a bit of homework history. This is the first episode with a Jerry Springer reference. Excellent. I love breaking boundaries. I love tearing down walls. <laughs> Very well done. Uh, speaking of, Harry, why don't you take us home? Absolutely. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the work we do and you would like to show your support, consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash homeworkpodcast. Each week you will find bonus content like fun episodes and interviews, worksheets, and you'll be able to listen as we record the show live every Thursday night. We'd like to thank this week's level two patrons, Chris Allen Jones, Jackie Hollywood Brown, and John Kivis. You can also hang out with us over on Discord and chat with like-minded homeworkers, ask questions, and exchange tips and tricks. You'll find the link to that in this episode's show notes, which can be found over at thehomeworkpodcast.com slash episodes slash 272. If you like the show, please leave us a review and or a star rating in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps other people find the show and subscribe. You can find more about us at our Linktree accounts. I'm over at linktr.ee slash hcmarks, and you'll find Dave's links over at slash Dave Kalo. Thank you again for mm -hmm. joining us. We'll see you next week. Now go get some work done. Bye, y'all.